Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we're in the house of God, listening to the word of God, praising the God of heaven, worshiping, oh God, the creator of all things. And you promise when we come and dwell together in that union, you will bring from heaven all things that pertain to life and godliness. You said, behold how good and blessed it is for the brethren to dwell together because there is you command blessing, blessing and eternal life, a life of abundance. There's no lack in your presence and in your provision. So today, Lord, we want understanding. We want your word to be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We want your word to be the bread that nourishes our spirit. You said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So nourish our spirit, Lord, that we might be strong. Open the eyes of our understanding, that we might see the things that you have prepared, the inheritance we have in you, Lord, that have been freely given to us in Jesus Christ. We pray that your word would be a double-edged sword, sharper, Lord, that would penetrate the depth of our being and separate the soul from the spirit. We pray that your word would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would return a harvest of fruitfulness that glorifies your name, Lord. It will be evident to all that we are progressing, Lord. We're moving forward into your purposes. So reveal these things to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. So this provision here that is up on the wall in almost uh, every place of worship around the world is the key into sonship. And a lot of people don't understand the cross. And they don't understand that in the cross is the provision of everything God has for us. So since we don't know the cross... And for some, it's just an emblem or a symbol, um, a token of what happened at the cross of Calvary as a historical event. Then we walk outside of the provisions of the cross. But today, the eyes will be opened and we will see what the cross represents that allows the sons to be satisfied. When I say sons, I say children. That includes female and so daughters find their provision there at the cross. If you see any bizarre behavior upon the earth from a human being, they need to go to the cross. That's the address. Any bizarre behavior needs to visit the cross, including yourself, myself. Anything that comes to, to cause a lack in our lives... Uh, the Bible, we'll see this morning, has made full provision. At the cross, God has made full provision. I didn't know I was going to share on this, and I didn't know the worship team was going to sing that song. What was the verse on that chorus? Huh? The cr- at the cross... There's where we have our final word. We didn't know what we were singing, but the Spirit of God did. It was preparing our hearts. That it's not at the accountant. 
At the cross, these were the choruses you were just singing. It's so important to be in the spirit of God when you're in worship because he's preparing your spirit. Some people get here after worship and you're just out of the spirit of God. But if you get here and you say, Lord, today you're going to minister. You're going to heal me through the uh, worship time. He's preparing your hearts to receive the word of God. Isaiah 53, 6, it's actually the entire uh, chapter when you have a chance. When I say visit the cross to cure bizarre behavior, uh, it means to go to Isaiah 53 and thoroughly meditate on all that is a proclamation, an announcement of God to what he's about to do through Jesus Christ and the cross. All, that means there's no one left out. Uh, all we sheep have gone astray. We're, we're running bizarre in many directions. We have turned selfishly everyone to his own way. I want to say that bizarre behavior is the fruit of you thinking to yourself. Satan said in his heart. See, when you start saying in your heart, you start contradicting what's in God's heart. And so a lot of people do that. We've all turned everyone to his own way. This is the manifestation of bizarre behavior. Selfishness, independence, isolation. The Bible says the one who separates himself. I think it's um, Proverbs 18 verse 1. He who isolates himself is seeking his own good. He runs against all wisdom. This is bizarre behavior. If you were able to be part of a team that would change the world, why on God's name would you isolate yourself and do it on your own? Seeking your own desire. That's why you separate because you're your own priority. And the man who thinks like this is going against the grain of all wisdom, all wise judgment. You can't figure it out yet. Um, two is better than one. And in God's desire, we who are not a people were made a people. So when, when you come together in the multitude of counsel, there is safety and there is prosperity. But in isolation, there's a problem. So the cross is a place where you crucify yourself. That's why bizarre behavior is healed at the cross. And we don't understand it yet. But the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 6, since we've all turned away to be selfish, we're all bizarre in our own way, the Lord has placed upon Christ the iniquity of us all. Everything that is crooked and twisted was laid on Jesus at the cross. He bore upon himself the iniquity of us all, the selfishness. And so it's awesome to read all the verses. And, and listen, there's a good portion. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out there and say 90% of Christians have never or they, they've, they might have visited the cross once, but they don't live at the feet of the cross. The, the cross is our victory. It's that relationship with the cross that allows us to overcome this world. 
And we'll see this. Let's read Hebrews 2.9. As we focus on Jesus, that's what the cross does. It allows you, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, as we look at Jesus, this man who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, through the grace of God, might taste the consequences of our sin, which is death, for everyone. Again, everyone is invited to come to the cross. Um, this was the centerpiece of Christianity some years ago. But if you would notice nowadays, Christianity for 90% of the Christians is all about themselves. So it's a Christianity without a cross. There is no getting past yourself. Everybody's making a claim on their entitlement, their feelings, and their right. So Jesus took upon himself death for us all. He received the expressions of sin that we were supposed to walk in. All evil was placed upon him. And Isaiah 53.10 says, this is the way that God would experience pleasure. Instead of us receiving the consequences of our sin, the Bible says it was the pleasure of God that through Christ, prosperity would come to all. Listen what it says, Isaiah 53.10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. He has put him to great anguish. When you make his, whole, his soul an offering for sin, he shall see sons. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in this work is super powerful. What is taking place here when Jesus is on the cross, he's going there to take all the devastation that should be upon us. Let's read Isaiah 53, verse 4. He was punished so that we might be forgiven. Surely he has taken upon himself, say it with me, our griefs. Everything that is sorrowful for us went upon Jesus on the cross and carried our sorrows. So what are you doing carrying sorrows? You know what you're doing? You don't know how to go to the cross. So you're carrying a huge burden and now you want your husband to carry it with you. Poor man, poor man. Say poor man. Poor man having to take the sorrows that belong at the cross. So you, husband, are carrying tons of grief and sorrow and dissatisfaction. And you want your wife to be part of your misery. Misery loves company. But it says that at the cross, he took our sorrow. We saw him as someone stricken. If you see the passion of the Christ, if you see the, if you're able to witness the episode of the cross, you see that sentiment 
put that verse back up there, verse 4. It says, as one who was smitten by God. So I had this concept before I knew Jesus. I said, one day I'll go to heaven. I'll stand at the throne, and he's going to hit me over the head with the, with the scepter. That's how I was, you know, because we, we had done things, we, in our sin, in our rebellion, disobedience, defiance, all, and I was like, man, he's going to hit me on the head until I visited the cross and he took the cocotazo for me. He took, he took all that I deserved. And he bore it upon himself as one smitten and afflicted by God. Really powerful. There I can give God, uh, I can give at the cross what I deserve for my rebellion, my sin. Once and for all and forever. Everything I'll ever do to deserve the wrath of God. It went upon Jesus on the cross. So I can say... I'm not looking forward. I, now I look forward to the expression of acceptance. My, my, my sins have been washed away, have been forgiven. They went on Jesus. He paid the price. That, that allows me to him who much is forgiven, he loves much. People don't understand why I love God. Oh boy, I'll tell you. I, he, he took a lot for me. Uh, endless amounts of burdens of sin that I deserve punishment for. Um, Matthew 8, verse, let's go to uh, Isaiah 53, 5, just real quick, because it, it adds to this. He says, he was wounded for our transgression. Everything that we do on purpose, he received wounds on his body. He was bruised for our iniquity. The punishment of our peace was upon him. And even there we exchange at the cross, his stripes made us healed. Why are people sick? Because they don't go to the cross. Why are they sad? Because they don't go to the cross. Why are they depressed? Because they don't go to the cross. So there is the place of exchange. It's nowhere else. There's a divine exchange there at the cross. And if he paid for it, it's yours. Don't allow Jesus to pay for something that you're not enjoying. Go to the cross and experience the exchange at the cross. Now we go to Matthew 8, 16. Super important that there would be the place of reconciliation. There would be the place that he would, in the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. And healed all who were sick. Verse 17. There's not one of them that remained. And, and the reference of this healing power was flowing from what it says through the prophet Isaiah. Saying he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Again, you can go to the doctor. You could go to the hospital. You could go to pharmaceuticals. Or you could go to the cross. There's provision at the cross for our physical healing. Amen. And a lot of people won't go to the cross. The Bible says that they think that the cross is foolishness. What do we mean go to the cross? The Bible says that those who walk in that mindset, they perish because they're not receiving what's there. 
Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Now I stand before God and I have total peace. Why? For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So now the Lord looks at me and he sees a righteous man. Why? Because I've been to the cross. I've been to the place of exchange. I'm not there saying I deserve to get in because I've memorized the Bible. I pray a lot. I go to church. I dress like a Christian. I talk like a Christian. I act like a Christian. No. It's at the cross that my righteousness is revealed. Why? Because he became sin. And it's not a matter of intellect. It's not a matter of information. It's a matter of revelation and faith. If you go to the cross, there's that exchange that happens, and it's supernatural. Hebrews 2.9 says that Jesus tasted death for all of us that we might share in his life. Look at this again. We, we see Jesus, uh, the verse again, made a little lower than angels, experiencing the sufferings of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he might, by the grace of God, taste death for everyone. Um, you know, some people fear death. I, I want to tell you the truth. My transference is going to be taking a, a breath here, and my next breath is in heaven. That's the depth of my death. Other people fear death. I'm just, like, I'm just going to another place. And it's going to happen in half a second. So death is conquered. Why? He tasted it for me. That I might live. But again, this is not intellectual experience. It's by revelation. And you go to the cross and death is defeated. Amen. There's no power of death. There's not even a second that death will grip you. Where death is your sting? Where grave is your victory? It's been swallowed up. It's been wiped out. Love that. Hallelujah. This is good preaching. It's better than your hallelujahs. Absolutely. And the essence of our sonship is to walk in this reality. But we don't experience we're walking around as orphans. We're fearful, we're stricken, we're carrying the burdens that need to be laid down at the cross. We continue. How many want to continue? Galatians 3.13. Jesus was made a curse that we might walk in blessing. You know, this whole thing about life is a curse and it's a horrible experience are for those that are orphans. For those that, wowsy, wow, wow, how horrible life is. Christ redeemed us from a cursed life, having become a curse for us. He's become the rottenness of, of death, sting, and corruption at the cross. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that we might be blessed. Verse 14. He took our curse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. That the promises of God might be received through the Spirit, in, uh, through our faith. 
this whole aspect of walking from blessing to blessing. Listen, every time I wake up in the morning, people think I'm a multimillionaire. I wake up to know I'm a blessed man because at the cross, he took my curses. I don't have an expectation of not one curse falling on me, my children, my descendants for many generations. Why? Because at the cross, he hung and became a curse. Old Testament says, cursed is all those who hang on a tree. And so there is Christ. I, I love Isaiah 33, verse 15, where it says that you have the blessing. He who walks righteously in this life and uprightly, who despises the gain of oppression, who doesn't gesture with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. I've decided I'm not going to perpetuate the curse of my forefathers. I'm not going to walk outside the cross. In the cross, in that provision, verse 16 says that I can have a secure refuge. He will dwell on high, this man, in a place of security like a fortress. Bread will be given to him and water will be sure. So that means the provisions of heaven are open towards my life. Why? Because I was at the cross. Love that song, at the cross, at the cross where I first met you. All my sins were washed away. Love that song. And a lot of Christians have, need to go back to the cross, frankly. Need to go back to get an experience there. As we go to this place of the cross, these are, our bread is sure. It's a place of assurance, security, a fortress. There's no demon in hell that could shake a stick at the cross. If the demons come to your life, and it's not like the Dracula where you lift up the crucifix. No. It's, a, it's an exchange that happened through, by faith, you were down at the cross. And look at this whole enterprise. The, the curse of mental illness, chronic disease, fertility problems, marriage disruption and brokenness, divorce, financial insufficiency, poverty, People that are prone to having accidents, suicide, early death. All these things are the curses of those who have not been at the cross. And Jesus endured this hardship that we might share in abundance. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. He says that he visited a lack so that we might, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, uh, though he was rich, for your sake, he became poor. That through your poverty, you might become rich. There's an exchange of financial prosperity in the cross. He took on the curse of poverty that you might be well off. It's not how hard you work. It's going to the cross and laying down your poverty-stricken existence. In Matthew um, 27, 35, he says, he endured our shame that we might share in his glory. There's, there's a whole life experience that's shameful. And these people that continually to bear the, the, they're ostracized, they're separated, they're rejected. 
uh, let's me, uh, read there, Matthew 27, 35. He came so that you might walk. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that he might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophecy. They divided my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. He lost his clothing there, verse 36. It says, so that he might be able to cover you. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Everything that was stripped. You guys have to understand at the cross, he was totally stripped of his clothing. So he was there naked, exposed. What for? So that you might be covered. So that you might have a, be a, having a covering. And having a covering is tremendous. I have friends of mine who says, Joaquin, do you have insurance coverage? I say, yeah, I have insurance coverage. Yeah, but do you have the umbrella? Do you have the umbrella to the umbrella? I said, brother, I'm more covered than you ever wish you were covered. You ever thought you were covered. God has my back 24-7, 365. And that's, that's a son. That's why we can walk boldly and strongly. He was stripped. And you could go back there to these verses and say, Lord, they stripped you of your garments that you might provide a covering that's beautiful to my life. That I not experience one second of not being covered. And all the single women say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Absolutely. God wants to cover us. And it's beautiful to be covered and not exposed. The Bible says that Jesus endured rejection so that we might have feelings of acceptance far beyond what you ever dreamed. In that place, he, he says, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He took that curse upon him so you wouldn't be alone a day in your life. You could never say, I feel lonely. That, the, the, the inheritance to a son of God, that's one of the most glorious things. When I asked Christ to come in my heart, when I went to the cross and laid down my sin, I've never been alone one second in the last 34 years. Not one second. In the middle of any crisis, I feel so lonely. I said, go to the cross now. Go to the cross. Go to the cross. What are you talking about? Go to the cross. He was rejected. So you wouldn't feel alone one second of your life. And so when we're with our wives, we let them hang out with us in Jesus. Amen? We're not alone. Quit using all that victimization. You left me alone. You abandoned me. You weren't there for me. If my father and my mother leave me, God will always be there for me. He'll never leave me. The cross has provision for that company. You don't have to get a bunch of bozos to hang out with. Go to the cross. Go to the cross. I love today's message. Isaiah 53, 11. He shall see the work of his soul and be satisfied. He shall see that, that everything has been brought down from heaven to us. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. He shall bear their iniquities. He's going to carry the load. You can be at rest. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. You don't have to be overwhelmed and overworked. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Lay it down at his feet. Go back to the cross. Verse 12, therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered amongst the transgressors. He bore the sin of many. He made intercession for transgressor. He lives forevermore to pray for us constantly. The cross has the capacity to allow us to endure 
Every time you go to this place, let's go to Hebrews 12.3. As we consider him who endured from sinners such hostility. If you describe the elements of the cross, everything that was against him, this allows you to shoot adrenaline into your life so that you do not become weary and discouraged in your soul. The key to depression is contemplate the cross. The key to being set free from an attitude of victimization and sorrow is to consider him who endured such hostility, such contrariness from his opposition. That's why there's so much strength there at the cross. In verse 4 it says, In your struggle against all hell, as you struggle against all hell, you have not been there to the point of shedding blood as you strive against sin. That means none of us have been put um, pierced to bleed. Your problems have not taken you to, to physical uh, extremities, extents, because you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. This will give life to you for others' sake. Through the cross we are supplied with the provisions of heaven and God. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, This message of the cross is total nonsense to those who die. This message of the cross is total nonsense. It doesn't make sense to those who don't come into the provisions. And when I say 90% of the Christians need to have an experience at the cross... Then you'll see the expression manifest of the things heaven affords those that go to this cross experience. But to those of us who are being saved, the cross is the power of God. Amen. It's the full potential of his strength on our behalf. I'm not favored of the Lord. A lot of people go around saying so, you know, uh, I'm God's uh, favorite son. No. All his sons have been made provision at the cross. Every single one of them. Now some are walking at the cross and continually. I'll go to the cross five times a day. Seven times a day. That's why you'll see me with joy and peace and strength and vitality. And I don't let depression come into my heart. And worry choke the life of God. I go straight to the cross. He bore it for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I'm not going to give Yvette all my problems. I go to the cross. I cast my cares upon him. I'm problem free. I don't need a, a kuna matata. I got the cross of Jesus. Problem free existence. The power of God. The people that are, that are seeing this like craziness, they don't have my joy for sure. As I contemplate the cross, 2 Corinthians 3.18, I'm being transformed from glory to glory. I'm seeing the power of God work on my behalf in every direction, transforming me into the image of his glory from one degree to the next. By the spirit of the Lord, there's provision. And so it says that those who focus on the cross, Romans 4.5 to him who does not work but believes. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time in other directions. I believe that he who justifies the ungodly 
gives righteousness to him who walks by faith. Uh, to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. I, I don't have to carry all that baggage. I don't have to deal with all those dilemmas. I don't have to become a theologian. The cross is sufficient for me. And if it's craziness for fools, I'm, 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 I'm not there. I'm walking in wisdom. Uh, only at the cross explains our life. That's why uh, all things are founded and rooted at the cross. Hebrews 10.14, it says, By one single offering, he has perfected all those who are being sanctified. I, w I don't go around with dilemmas and, and traumas and dramas. How many know a drama queen? Absolutely. Get that off of you. One offering, he's perfected. He's brought everything, reconciled everything, made everything perfect. Forever! Amen. Forever! There's no issue. Those that are being sanctified by this experience. I want to touch real quickly on five things the cross delivers you from. Number one, Galatians 1.3. He delivers us from this present age. There's people living under the influence of Satan's current. And the Bible says there, grace to you and peace from God. And from our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 4. Who gave himself at the cross for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. That's the first thing the cross does. It brings you out. You know, if you're listening to, to all these programs with all the consequences. If your dad had this, you're going to have this. Your grand, if, you're, if the economy is like this, you're going to get like that. If politics, if world religion, if the Democrats, if the Republicans, if Obama, if Trump. If you're under that mess, you come to the cross, my friend. Be delivered. Be delivered from this present age who gave himself for us that he might deliver us from this present evil age. That's the will of God. I'm not moved by the darkness of this present evil age. Why? It's been defeated at the cross. I don't have dilemmas. I don't read the newspaper. Miami Herald wanted to give us free newspapers on Sunday morning. They said, look, we want to fundraise for the church. How many believe that one? No way. Devil wants to give you worry, so it chokes the life of God. You hear a sermon like this, you read the Miami Herald, you watch fake news and Fox News, and you come out worse than what you started. But the cross delivers you from this age. If you're watching Oprah, you got to go to the cross. Dr. Phil, go to the cross. This is good. 2 Corinthians 4.4, the minds... The mind of these people who don't go to the cross, the God of this age has blinded. They don't see light. They don't see good news. They don't see glory. Who is the image of God? So this might shine upon this. If you go to the cross, wear some sunglasses. It's going to be bright. The cross kills any attempt that you have to live through what you can in your ability. Galatians 2.19 for through the law, I died to the law. That I might not live by standards of rules. If I keep these standards, if I keep these rules, if I keep these religious standards and expectations, I'm a good person. Listen, the cross makes you a good person. Not your rules, not religious standards. I, through the law, died to the law. That I might live to God. Verse 20. I'm sorry, let's go Galatians 3.10. All those who rely on the law are under the curse. 
As many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in every single thing, all things which are written in the book of the law, to do them. Verse 11. It is evident that no one is justified, made right before God by the law. Because the righteous shall live by faith. We're able to live this life not for what we have done, but for what Christ did on the cross. You can celebrate that all the way to heaven. You don't have to bring up a different code of conduct and keeping and not keeping rules and standards. It's not by human standard. It's by faith in the supernatural, what Christ did on the cross. Verse 12, the law is not something that comes through faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The cross again delivers us from keeping rules and regulations. Galatians 3, uh, 2.20, the cross delivers us not only from the law and from the world, but from ourself. Look what it says, Galatians 2.20. I find myself crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who are these people that are living not according to the age or according to law, but according to self? The ones that say, I want, I feel, I like. You got to crucify that self. Everything that's a marriage problem is a, a self in existence. Selfishness destroys marriage. I want, I think, I feel. If you shut up, your marriage will be a thousand percent better. And everybody says, Amen. Well, what do I do with myself? Go to the cross. Go to the cross. Because your husband can't stand yourself. And your wife can't stand yourself. Go to the cross. Crucify the flesh. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Start treating your spouse like Christ did. Well, how did Christ do it? He went to the cross. He was crucified. Let yourself be crucified. And all the women say, <laughs> God wants to deliver you from yourself. The prodigal son learned that. It's not what you want, what you think, what you feel. It's what God wants, what his word says, and what the Holy Spirit feels. And you can say amen to that. Amen. The cross delivers you from the flesh. Galatians 5.24 all those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with their passions and desires. You don't need the devil sometimes. The devil doesn't need to come and mess up your life. All he has to do is make you a fleshly, carnal Christian. And if you're doing the passions and the desires of your flesh, you're going to commit adultery. You're going to get in sexual immorality. What is the provision of God for the sons of God? To crucify the flesh. To go to the cross. And say, Lord, I, I, I'm there with Christ. It's not I who live. Now, now I crucify this flesh. I remember one day I was praying with a brother. He was next to me. We were all kneeling on the ground early in the morning. And he says, Lord, I, I, want, to, I want to deny. I want to train. I want to make the flesh obey. And, and next to him, an old, old lady says, hey, Sonny. He goes, yeah. He goes, crucify the flesh. You can't train it. You can't teach it to obey. You can't. It's not going to work. This is not about you trying hard. It's going to the cross and dying to the, in the flesh. 
The flesh needs to die. All those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passion. Where do you crucify something? At the cross. Romans 8, 7. The mind is set on the flesh. It's hostile against God. It does not submit to God. It cannot. Verse 8, Romans 8, 8. Those who are in the flesh could never please God. This is not religion. It's not going to church. It's not being a a teacher of the Bible, a Sunday school teacher. This is of crucifying the flesh. The cross delivers you from the world. And we will finish with that there. The cross will allow you to die to the world and to its calling on your life. Galatians 6.14 Far be it from me to boast. I don't want to find excitement in anything in this world except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I have nothing to offer the world and the world has nothing to offer me because of the cross of Christ. Nothing in the world attracts me. Nothing seduces me. Why? So I live at the feet of the cross. When uh, Paul is talking to the Galatians, he says, you know something? Somebody put a spell on you. Somebody taught you something that's contrary to God. Galatians 3.1, you foolish Galatians, who spooked you? Who put a trance on you that you should not obey truth? Before whose eyes Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. In other words, if he went to the cross and experienced this reality, it's no longer a natural expression of existence of what you're going to do in your own strength. It's not theology. All people who are into theology need to go to the cross. Why? At the cross, you're going to get revelation. It's not knowledge, it's life. There's something in the presence of God that, that outdoes what you know in the natural. It's not about education and coaching we were talking about on Wednesday. It's character development. Coaches want to know how to do things. A father wants to teach her how to be someone, not how to do something. A lot of fathers have come in these last days and says, my son, my daughter was doing this and doing that, and I don't know how to stop And Listen, when they become... A son of God, they'll have an expression of the fruit of a son of the Most High. Amen. Once they are a son, they'll stop walking in the expression of foolishness because God has no foolish sons. And we all say amen. amen. It's not about psychology and studying the soul. It's about discernment. It's not about programs. It's about supernatural steps in the spirit of God. It's not about eloquence. When Paul says, I didn't come to you with words of eloquence. I didn't come with fancy words. I came with the demonstration of the Spirit of God. At the cross, we get that. We get some supernatural reality. This one girl came into the church. She was like, ah, 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 I need prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer. I said, prayer? The Spirit of God says, don't pray for her. When God told me not to pray for you. Why not? He told me that you're to stop working where you're working. What's wrong with being a bartender? See? See how the power of the spirit is more powerful than the natural? So the cross gives you a place of 
saturated presence of God, the supernatural. It's not reasoning. It's a walk of faith. It's not laws. It's laying down your life in love. Amen? So at the cross, let's stand up here this morning as we finish. I, I think we have scratched the surface, but now you understand that Christianity is not to be a religion. It's to be a reality. It's an experience that we go to the cross by faith. I don't, I don't put it above you one day to walk over to this cross in an outward expression, not as a religious um, uh, place of, of sacrilegious existence, but you come over to the cross and you lay your hands and say, Lord, I want the transference, what you did on the cross by faith. I, I want to be set free from everything the devil has done, all the bizarre behavior, all my sin, my rebellion, my pride, my self-sufficiency, my arrogance. Father, at the cross, Lord, I lay it at your feet. I give you my infirmities. I give you my illness. I give you the things that, that are trying to overtake me. I, I'm victorious because of what you did at the cross, Lord. I'm your son. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, As many as received him. If you're able to have that exchange... And you, you, you take it to heart. And I, listen, when, when I first came at 16 years old, I, there was nothing more genuine than that exchange at the cross. I give that credit to the rest of my life. I had a, a powerful, beautiful experience of laying my craziness down that I could take up all the inheritance of being a son of God. I don't practice religion. Many people want me to join their religion. Hey, you'd be a good Baptist. You'd be a good Methodist, a great Presbyterian. Listen, I've been at the cross already. I don't need religion. I, I don't need denomination. I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying go to the cross and get your full-fledged papers. Let's put that verse back up there, John 1:12. As many as received him, as many as received him, what happened at the cross? This was, this was talked about throughout history what would take place. To those who received him, he gave the, the full legitimacy, the genuineness, the papers to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Father, thank you for this day that you've made. Thank you for the cross. Let's get the, uh, the, the worship team back up here if we can and let's sing that song we sang at the beginning. The cross has the final word. Now we can sing it with understanding. A lot of times we sing things we don't even know what we're singing. And now you know why it says that the final word is at the cross. Raise your hands to heaven. Father, we want what you have given us at the cross. There's where the final verdict laid, oh God. We pray, Father God, that we might have a full-on personal experience, Lord, that we'll never be the same. Give us genuineness of that approach to that place where you, as the Lamb of God, shed your blood and took our place. It was provision for our bodies and healing, strength, vitality. It was provision for our soul, our emotion, our sorrow, our anguish, our grief. It was provision for our spirit, Lord. It was made alive. We became alive in the spirit. We can have a relationship with God now. There was the place of the final word at the cross, Lord. We pray, Lord, that there would be just a supernatural covering, O oh Lord. That we not be ashamed and rejected. 
that you move financial poverty, distress, and curse in that lack of prosperity as we go to the cross and we, we lay down that inability, the inadequacy of the things that you took upon yourself and became a curse in poverty that we might become rich in all things. Thank you for at the cross the sons are satisfied. Thank you, Lord, that we can take this message to the world because right now there's a Christianity out there with no cross. There's a Christianity where the cross has become a thing of the past. The descriptions that we have heard this morning are going to separate the haves from the have-nots and the distinguishing factor is the cross. There will be people that when they go through life's issues and circumstances are going to run to the cross. And they're going to be have peace with God there as all things reconcile. Somebody does something to you, something, some hostility, some setback, some situation, and you could run to the cross and be healed. And others are going to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to walk in my entitlement to carry this offense, to carry this situation, this circumstance. And so that you'll see their lives begin to walk in the disintegration, the fragmentation, the bizarreness of not being at the cross. So I invite you several days during the week, several days during the month and year that you, several times during the day that, that you go to the cross. That you there cast everything, every offense, every accusation, every hurt, everything that causes grief and sorrow in your life. And you say, Lord, you took this on the cross. You carried this. You tasted death for all men. What they did to me, what they didn't do to me, what they needed to do at the cross, I lay down this situation. And then you stand up, and the Bible says that you'll be set free and delivered from all the bizarreness that the devil desires to bring upon us as a consequence of our sin, other sins, and situations in life. Father, we glorify your name and thank you for being in the house of God. We pray your blessing upon the families of this church, Lord. We pray your blessings upon all those that hear this message, that they might be able to be acquainted with the reality of the cross of Jesus Christ, not as a religious uh, emblem or a religious denomination but as a reality of those who have been set free, delivered and walk in blessing. Cover us oh God with your goodness all the days of our life. Thank you for having tasted death for all of us Lord. Thank you for taking our iniquities our transgressions oh God. You were bruised oh God because of our pride and arrogance and selfishness. We glorify your name. We pray your blessing upon our finances, upon our businesses, upon our children. We pray your prosperity. Abundance might come so that we not be selfish, but we be generous. And we be faithful with the house of God. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.